It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Special guest uh, today, Scott Evans, will join us and we'll talk some Richmond baseball. And uh, that will be fun. Uh, Absolutely. uh, we'll, We'll not just talk about this past year's uh blue devils baseball team but uh coach is a little bit of a historian so yeah and and brady knows how geeky i get about stuff like that so this one's probably going to go off the rails so i just figured we'd do a quick intro here it'll be a lot of fun we can get rolling here in just a moment with uh, coach evans when you run with us on a gator utv the engine has your full attention the herd takes notice and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863.
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Dura Clean by Bachelor. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400 extension 132 finding that missing shin guard remembering whether it's a home or away game getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day why are simple things sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them we work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like not being that fan oh come on ref that's simple human sense For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis Brady. And uh, Scott Evans joins us now, and we'll talk some uh, Richmond uh, baseball. Um, and and Brady set this one up on, on the fly because yes. Brady had his big weekend. Yes, I'm still recovering from the camping. I'm very sore right now. I have lots of bug bites and scra- scrapes and scraps, but I made it back alive and somewhat well. Yep. But uh, but apparently at some point on Friday before uh, festivities, festivities began, he got a text out to Coach Evans who responded like this morning, <laughs> like only when old people yep. get up. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, if you can come in, I was planning. I was, I, I'm laying down last night in bed, going, okay, what are we going to talk about? What can I pull out? And then with his text, made this so much better because anything we would have found wouldn't have been as good as this. So welcome on the show, Coach. Thank you for making it. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, well, let's just start with with uh, this year's uh, team because you had a lot of uh, really talented seniors. Like th- this is a good group. To, to get to come in and get to talk about on this uh, program. And I know there are a lot of guys, but I'm going to start with Brady's favorite guy, Joe Perrineau. <laughs> well, you, how often do you see a catcher who, one, is great defensively and then hits absolute bombs? He had to have been just so much of a joy to say, okay, going to be a catcher, don't have to worry about that position. As good a player as he was, he was even better to leader. 
Like if if you would ask anybody, he was our team MVP this year, and you know who we have on our the kids voted him our MVP because he was uh, he's the glue that's got us together. He was the, when coaches don't have to spend time on 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 managing your kids, and and you have players that are holding kids accountable. It just makes your season that much more enjoyable. And Joe was Joe was that guy that was the firm voice, was the right the ship kind of thing. If kids weren't practicing the right way, or if something was going wrong in the dugout, he would speak up like. As good as player as he was, even as even better as a leader, and that's kind of why we had to put together a pretty good season. Is when you have a good leadership. How much does it help that a guy in the catcher's position does that? I mean, a lot of people say that's the quarterback of the of the defense. You get to start everything from there. He's the one who relays all the information. How much does it help that your leader is not only that good of a leader and that good of a player, but comes at a very great position for that skill set. You know, in high school, in high school, it's very difficult now, especially as I've watched, as I've gotten older in the game. It's difficult to get kids to lead. It's difficult to get kids to call out teammates and hold them accountable for their actions. And having a catcher on the field that can walk out to the pitcher's mound and say, "Hey, calm down. Let's get this under wraps. Let's get out, get after the next pitch, or let's make the next play." You know, it's gigantic when your quarterback, you know, the guy in your huddle, is walking out there and controlling the game or getting feedback to us in the dugout about what we need or what we're not doing. I mean, it's, it's a valuable tool. I mean, he, I just, he'll be, his leadership will be greatly missed. Anytime you have a great, great leader and they graduate, it is a, those are some big shoes to fill. So Joe is a great catcher. What made him a great catcher? So Joe is very intrinsically motivated. Joe always wanted to be great. Even when he was a kid, he'd always study videos, always try something new. Like he always, even he's even after he graduates, I still talk to him all the time about his at-bats, talk to him about catching, uh, who he caught, what he wants to do. Like he's internally driven. He wants to be great. Joe doesn't have the greatest athleticism, but he wants to be great and he pushes himself. And that's what kind of separates most high school players out is that if you're intrinsically motivated, if you want to be great and you're always trying to chase greatness, most kids can achieve it if you get good coaching and good, good support systems involved. Well, having a great catcher helps when you have a lot of talented pitchers like you did. And we'll start with one that put up just some unholy numbers that when we finally got him out of Fort Knox, I was able <laughs> to look at them. Hudson Davenport throws 64 and two-thirds innings. He walked three batters and hit one. Now, other stats like ERA, things like that, hits, a whip, can be manipulated a little bit if you have a hometown scorekeeper. There's nothing a scorekeeper can do to change that. Four free passes in 65 innings of work. I want to start there because that's ridiculous, and that has to be the best feeling as a coach ever. So, like, anytime we play, every, anytime he took the mound, we had a great defensive game because we're, he was never a hot, you know, what stat you don't see in there? I think he had a 90% first pitch strike rate this year. That's ridiculous. First pitch strike. <laughs> and if you followed enough baseball, you know, especially in high school baseball, that strikes are the number one in the game. Like, I don't think he was that overpowering, but he would just get ahead and he'd just keep coming after you and keep coming after you. And he just said, here's my ball. You, you hit it if you can. And, like, uh, when, you got Joe, when you have a defense that's on their toes and ready to go, you know, you don't, you don't make as many errors when that happens. I mean, that's the key. You know, Hudson doesn't pitch that much for a summer team. He's going to Eastern to play first base, third base. They may end up pitching him. I don't know. But, like, he really came on last year as a pitcher for us. Mm-hmm. And this year he grabbed the bull and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the number one. And, you know, he's survived on two pitches. And, uh, again, 
Never, never. If someone happened to get on, like he had one walk basically the whole season until we played one game, and one umpire uh, just he had two walks. In Sque- one game. Yeah, squeezed him for <laughs> two walks. And uh, after I hadn't that, heard about it. Right after that, uh, he had one other walk, and like he's just he was he was good all year, man. I, I, you know, when you fill up the strike zone and the kids make plays. You know, you, you, all you got to do is hit a fly ball, and Denny Saligan's running it down. I mean, we mm. just were solid. We were ready to we, – we played good defense for the most part until our last game. Well, with Hudson, Dennis, the first time we saw him last year, we, we, we were just starting. It was coming off the COVID year. I had been away. We didn't really know much about a lot of kids. So Dennis goes out and do, does the first Richmond baseball game, and I want you to tell the account that you had when you saw Hudson Davenport for the well, first well, time. Well, here's the th- – I mean, this is what I knew about Hudson Davenport was I'd seen him play football, and he's like – a lineman. He, this is this is a big dude, and you guys are out there warming up before the game, and and he's standing at shortstop, and I'm like, what's their first baseman doing over at shortstop? And he starts fielding the ground balls and making plays. And you played you were playing crosslex that day. You played him at shortstop, and I was just amazed at how nimble he was, at what great footwork he had, and what great hands he was. And I'm thinking. Wow, a kid that big playing that position that well. Like, th- this is something nice here. A little side note, like, he got to play in the All-Star game this year, the 7 o'clock All-Star game at Tiger Stadium, and uh, they were asking people if they needed a second baseman, and uh, Hudson goes, I-, I played second base a ton this season. And they, the coaches that were running the things, they go, you're six foot f- – you play second base? He goes, yeah, I played all year long. And then he went out there, and he, he did really well. Like, he's just that athletic. I mean, he just has those kind of feet. Like he played H back for us for a lot of for as a junior, as a senior. I think he went more to the defensive line, but like he's got good speed. He's got great, you know. He's not he's not great, but he's got great feet. And he's another kid that's just intrinsically talented. That really wants to be great. That really pushes himself. Makes it easy to coach. He also is very intimidating in the box, and then follows it up by hitting absolute bombs. Yeah, like I, I will never forget. As long as I coached that game uh, against St. Clair, I think it was against St. Clair. I'm, I'm pretty sure he had two strikes, chokes up on the bat, and slams the ball uh, to right field. I mean, like for your Division One recruit to to show your the underclassmen about what it means to take a two strike approach and do whatever he can to put the ball in play, like speaks volumes to the buy-in that we had this year with our group well i, I did uh, your playoff game uh last season against shrine uh i think it was out at oakland christian it was, it was yeah. someplace far away uh and uh you know joe hit one out to center then hudson came up it was all arms and it was to right field and they had a higher fence to right too. They had like the green monster fence out to right, and it was like, like how did how did you hit one the opposite way without moving your feet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a strong kid, man. And and for most of his career, that's what he's been. He's been a hitter. He's been ahead of everybody. He, like he just has pounded baseballs. If you've if you've caught any of the YouTube stuff or any of the Twitter stuff when he's done those showcases down south, he's excelled in those moments. That's why at Tiger Stadium we were talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. he's excelled. The, the bigger the moment, the more usually the more he shined. Like he, he was able to sl- slow it down. Like he was the MVP of some showcase uh, PG showcase down in Florida a couple a couple summers ago. Like he just has ability to do that. So another senior you had, a kid that maybe a year ago we talked about more as a pitcher. This year I thought his bat really shined, Ben Hitzelberger. 
he, talk about him because I know um, he didn't get to pitch as much as you would have liked. Last year I thought he was electric. This year, though, at the plate, it felt like that ball was flying off his bat. As good a year as he had, he had so many line drive outs this year for us. Like he he pounded the rock. Like he he as a coming up, we thought he was going to be a Division One pitcher. Like we 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 thought for sure. Then he developed some arm injuries towards uh, some arm issues at the end of the year last year, and we didn't throw him at the quarters or at the yeah in the semis. Um, and he, his arm just never really bounced back. So as a young man, that's tough on the brain. Like he wanted to get on the mound. Uh, we held him out. He did a bunch of therapy. He was kind of like Hunsaker a little bit. Didn't want. We didn't mm-hmm. throw him at all earlier in the year, and then we started giving him some innings as the weather started warming up. Um, he's going to Wayne State. Had some great, great, great. The, the better the pitching, the better the day that guy had. Like uh, the the harder you threw it, generally the harder uh, Bennett hit it. Um, he played first base for us a ton. Playing some outfield in the summertime. Played a little bit of outfield for us. But, like, just when he's sitting in there at the number two spot or the number three spot, you're having a bad day because you're not – he's not an easy out. He he was not – you know, we had Trey batting leadoff and him batting second. I mean, and then Joey batting third. That's three dudes that barrel balls up. Well, and you talk about bad luck. The one game I remember, the Armada game, when it was, like, 25 degrees out, you were chasing something, and he hit one that I think landed five – or it was caught five feet from the fence yeah. that if it's – 45 degrees out it's going into the the equipment lot behind it and yeah he just was unbelievable at the plate uh, it's just it the shame is about the arm because we get excited about a good arm but we really get excited when it's a lefty amen that's kind of what we thought too we thought like uh you know we knew he was electric we started him as a freshman he got lots of hill time for us as a freshman and uh the covid year but like i mean he, he They'll figure him out at Wayne. If he doesn't get back on the mound, he'll excel there. Like he is a he's another guy that just want that 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 has an internal motor that is an ultra competitor. Like so many times we had to try to gear Joe and I would have, we would have to gear him down because he was so competitive on the on on the mound or he was so competitive at the plate when things didn't go well earlier this year. I thought he manages his that that anger a little better and that's why he had a great season. But uh, it's been a thrill to watch all the kids really grow up and mature. You know, as they as they become men and start understand how to play the game, and it, it's been a it's been a, a great great time with him because he's probably matured the most. A kid you mentioned a couple times, and I think Den- Dennis and I both enjoyed watching him. Denny Saligan in the outfield. There were some really good outfielders in the area this year, but it felt like he could cover just about as much ground as anyone else. I've been doing it for this 30 years, and I don't know if I've ever seen a better defensive outfielder in my life and seen him take hits away or do things with his glove that we just basically pin our guys in the corner and just say, go get it, Denny. Um, super fast guy. Uh, super get great reads off a ball. We really concentrate on reading the hitting zone. Um, he just he, he, we're, we were a different team with him in the outfield. When we had to put him on the mound and we had to put somebody else out there, everyone had to work a little bit harder because you know you, you don't realize when you get a great shortstop or a great center fielder, like it just makes life a whole lot easier. Or a great catcher, you're not getting past balls. You're not, you know, you just when Denny's out there, the balls hit. We're running out of the dugout because we know the ball's getting caught. Uh, he's a special young man. He's going to Jackson. Um, he he he's a good he's a great kid. I think his best years are in front of him. You know, as you as you graduate, your your hormones slow down and you you start get gaining some weight. When he puts some weight on him, I think he'll drive the ball even more. He's he's got a bright future ahead of him. 
And you can't teach speed. You guys know that. No. no. And he has a lot of speed. Right? Yeah. Well, between him and then uh, with Jackson Jones in left, I mean, basically the left field line over to the right center gap is covered. Yeah, like Jackson's been a, th- a starter his whole career with us, and he's really known for just pounding the rock and and, and, and driving baseballs. Uh, last year he led us in slugging. La- this year he didn't really lead us. I think everybody knew who he was this year, so everybody kind of pitched him a little differently, maybe moving up in the order, changed it. But he really pounded the rock for us again. But, he, again, defensively, uh, uh, you know, we, we were solid out there. Uh, we were really good with those two guys out there. Two guys. And we talked about this before the show, that I, that I think that if they played on a team that wasn't as loaded and it helped make you guys better because these were your quote-unquote role players, Dylan Parker and Ryan Nettles are two guys that I really enjoyed watching that if they were on a team that struggled a little more, they would have had a much bigger role. So I'd like to spend some time with the Dylan Parker. So like, if any of there's young parents out there or, or, or there's parents or young players, they, this, the story of Dylan Parker is a great story. Last year he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but he played summer ball, worked his butt off, and he's a great kid, keeps his mouth, mouth closed, works hard, comes to everything, just worked his butt off and had a great, great senior year. As a junior year, he couldn't crack the lineup. I mean, it would have been very easy for him to say, oh, you know, I'm done. But he, he played summer ball, had another great season, and came back, and, man, he hit really well for us most of the year like he like the kids will always talk about his nine to 12 pitch at bats that he would have at moments and it was just anytime you have a 12 pitch at bat or a nine pitch these bling long at bats like it was just a, a moral victory and uh i just you know he he did uh, maybe what 14 at bats maybe 15 at bats last year and this year he was a a, a player that we he didn't really want to play the outfield last year, but we put him in the outfield this year. He did well. Like, he ground. I mean, he was a great – the consummate team player did whatever we asked him to do last year, and he did whatever he did this year, whatever we asked him to do this year. Like, when, when you can get rewarded for, for hard work and staying committed to a process, like, that's just a, an unbelievable day. I mean, an unbelievable uh, career. I mean, I just love that kid. And then uh, Ryan Nettles. Uh, he's going on to play baseball at uh, St. Clair Community College. He's going to pitch. I think his best years are in front of him. Um, Ryan hit the ball. I mean, he came out on fire for us this year. Early in the for most of the year, he batted over four four hundred for us. He was a kind of a an unknown dude in our lineup, and everybody didn't know how to pitch to him. And uh, he hit behind Hudson and Jackson. So generally, he almost always had dudes on in front of him, and he always seemed to come up with some great hits for us. Uh, another guy that uh, plays summer ball again this year and uh, probably wa- probably wanted to pitch more than he did for us. Uh, we had some juniors step up and get on, on the mound, and, um, you know, uh, maybe we could have used him more. Um, a great kid. You know, Devin's his brother. Ryan, Devin's playing at Davenport. Ryan's starting his career at uh, St. Clair. Who knows where he's going to end up. But he's having a good summer again this year. He's pitching for ECM. But a great family, great kid. All right, uh, you got some more seniors. I mean, there was a you few the others. Um, you. The other two, uh, Hunter Jansen, Jason McLaughlin, talking about seniors and buying in, especially when you see such a loaded lineup. You talked about the process with Dylan Parker. How much can a senior help if they are just a good influence in the dugout, a good guy to be around, and how much can that help the team? So, like when 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 you talk about Jason and you talk about Hunter, like. 
Last year, we did not have great team chemistry because our guys on the bench didn't understand the role, didn't accept the role. Some kid, When you're trying to put together high school teams, kids have to understand that everyone has a functional role and is a part of this program, part of the program and a part of our success. You know, like Hunter Jansen and Jason. Jason didn't uh, got was cut last year. We put him down on JV last year. And, uh, you know, we talked at length, spent a lot of time in the program talking about making being great teammates. Our, our motto is brotherhood, about uh, uh, being good to each other. And anytime you make a team, you want to have different leaders. Different leaders hold different people accountable. You need game leaders. You need practice leaders. You need people to help you get organized. You just need – there's always there's like eight different sets of essential leadership for great teams. And one of our quotes this year was, legacy teams not only have high standards, they have standard barriers, culture keepers, and leaders who push, pull, hug, and confront. Like Hunter Jansen was a kid that I could count on no matter what. Like if, my, if I want my son to be just like him. He's a great, great young man. Maybe didn't get the pitch as much as he wanted to, but he understand and accepted his role. Loved him, love him and Jason to death. Like they understood what what their role was, and they not only not only did it, but they did it. They thrived at it. Like they like at our banquet, they we have general awards, five one star general, two star generals, mm-hmm. and Joey was our four star general. But like like Hunter was our two star general. Like he was the guy that made sure when coming from their school, coming to practice, he I'd had the practice plan ready. Those kids, he would text me, "What do we need?" And I, we would get to practice. I would get to practice, and it would be able to roll. So like those guys are. Everyone has a functional role on our team, as far as our to create our culture and to create our practices and like. They were every bit as part of our success as everybody else. All right. Uh, I want to talk about some guys that are coming back. We, we touched a little bit on Jackson Jones, but uh, we'll talk about some of the guys that you've got coming back next year, uh, and we'll do that after the uh, break, though. Scott Evans is our guest uh, today, and we're talking some baseball. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. 
Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Take it advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. 
All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, Coach Scott Evans from Richmond joining us talk a little uh, baseball. Well, we, we talk about uh, the, the guys that uh, won't be coming back for you, but you still have some guys coming back for you who uh, we think are some pretty good uh, ball players. We, we talked a little bit about Jackson Jones, but let's start with Jackson. Well, he's just going to be anchor in our in our lineup. He's got to come through for us. That's just how it is. He's got the most at bats. He's got the most experience. He's playing a good. He's plays with the Metro Stars uh, group and is having another good summer. I'm hoping we're going to find a place for him to go on and continue to play baseball in college. But he's someone. He's got to. He's got the most experience. He's got to learn to become our vocal leader. He's got to. Someone's got to step forward and fill Joe's shoes and be that guy uh, to, to set the tone in our dugout, set expectations in the off season. Um, they are we were pretty talented, but uh, that senior group was special because they held people accountable and they made sure everybody was doing what they needed to be doing when they needed to be doing it. It feels like since you've been at Richmond the past decade, you will lose a group of seniors like this. And from the outside, people go, oh, now's the chance to strike. And then a bunch of guys step up. And a couple of guys we were talking about during the break who might be that. I mean, you look at the numbers, it won't surprise you. But I don't think the name Skylar Lowers is high up on the boards of some opponents of what to worry about. But he's going to be a problem for BWAC teams next year. Yeah, like he really stepped forward. Like he came out of nowhere. He had a good summer last year, and Ed was really high on him uh, when we started doing some our throw January and February throwing. And like he came on like gangbusters. Like he just he's another kid that just pounds the zone, brings three different pitches at you, and is just one of the fiercest competitors that I've coached. Like he gets on the hill and he he he, he doesn't avoid pitch contact. He attacks you and he's not, he's in this early in his career, he's unflappable. Like he pitched through that you saw that game at that district game. That district game was was a cluster. He's the reason why you won it. Right. And he you know, most kids' emotions would have taken them a, a roller coaster high, then low, frustration. And he just got the ball back on the mound, and he just he went to work. Like, he, he single-handedly won us that game. Like, I, I cannot tell you, like, uh, how, how, how much he's grown on the mound for us. Uh, he plays third base for us, too. Uh, we're going to need him to hit, hit for us next year, fill in the middle of the lineup, and, and be a player for us. But Sky's going to be a, definitely someone to contend with on the mound. You know, that's something that gets overlooked, I think, a lot in, in high school. As a, as a guy moves up and they figure out what you're going to do, if you're going to pitch, that's what you focus on. At the next level, you focus on pitching and you, you don't have to worry about hitting. Or if you're going to hit, you focus on, on your hitting and you don't have to worry about all that stuff. In high school, kids do everything. And you have to do everything well if you're going to help your team. Well, that's the hard part about coaching is the mental aspect of this. A lot of these kids play summer ball, and summer ball is there's they're not trying to win games. They're just trying to showcase kids, and no one's trying to win a game. No one's upset if you win or lose. And like in high school baseball, you know, when kids first come up, you can't overwhelm them. It's as much emotionally as as and mentally as it is physically. Many of the kids have the tools physically to play, but emotionally, uh, the highs and lows, the errors. You know, baseball is a tough game, and. Uh, and uh, I just think that as kids mature and they're able to handle bad at-bats and they don't take them out in the field or maybe you have a bad error in the infield and you don't take it to the mound, I think that's how we as coaches really have to try to scaffold stuff to put our kids and help them be more successful. 
looking back at that district final game, it was three to two after one inning. Then Lowers comes in, goes six innings, gives up two earned runs, and reti- retires 11 of the last 12 batters to win the game in a game that felt like a roller coaster. For <laughs> it, it was like, okay, Richmond's up 2 nothing. Now St. Clair's up, and it was back and forth and just weird ways to score. But looking back at the box score, it tells you Lowers at the end of that game was calm, cool. The only base runner he gave up is when he hit the second-to-last batter of the game. But besides that, he was shut down. Yeah, he he was like that all year in all of our games. Like he he's our guy. He's the kid to pitch almost pitched a win against Liggett. Should have got the win against Liggett if we just uh, make some better plays. We just didn't defend well. Um, but he he's he's that guy. I love him. He's a good kid. Another guy that um, Dennis brought up earlier, Bryce Wesley. He kind of he said when you're writing in the lineup, you go, oh yeah, Wesley. That's a good bat for them too. Yeah, like well, you talk about being strong up the middle too. With Wesley at short and Taylor at, at second, you got a good start there. Yeah, we could we re- basically return the infield. Sky's at third when he's not pitching. Bryce and Trey up the middle like that. They have a lot of experience. They played a lot of summer baseball together. Trey and Bryce are like a one-two combination. Uh, Bryce has really come on on the mound. Like he's going to be a mound presence for us next year. He's thrown some in the su- in the summertime. Uh, really swings a heavy bat when he barrels it up. Like he, he, I think he led our team in doubles this year. If not, he was really close. Like he, and he's fast. He's he's athletic. He's got a great arm. Um, you know him and Trey both. Uh, they both had good good years coming in. But you know it's altogether different when you're a junior and you're not the guy. When you're a senior and you're the guy, like you got to be able to handle those pressures, and that's when you find out really what kind of team you're going to have if kids can step up and handle those moments uh, as seniors. Like when you're a role player, it's kind. Of, I'm not going to say it's easy, but when you're not expected well, to be the guy, it's different. Well, can, it's different when you have the other team highlighted you in the scouting report. Right. It's different when they go, okay, we got to get through Taylor and Wesley and Jones instead of going, all right, deal with Davenport, Hitzelberger. Exactly. You, you can ambush guys when they're thinking, okay, Hitzelberger's up next and then Perinello and then Davenport and then this guy. And then, like, uh, this, this, is, this is the guy we can get out, right. and, and they'll throw him a fastball right down the middle thinking they can get him out. And that's kind of what happened. Like you, they, They'd run through the gauntlet of going, going against uh, Perinello, Davenport, and then you'd have uh, Davenport, and then you'd have Jackson, and then people would take a deep breath and say, oh, it's only Nettles, yeah. and Nettles would get a hit. Oh, it's only Wesley, and then he'd just smash a ball the alley. Oh, it's all, you know, so when you're trying to take a breath as a pitcher, there was no breaths to be taken this year a lot of times in some of our games because when we scored, we scored them in bunches. Yeah. Yeah, offense, well, I don't want to say offense was your calling card because you look at the pitching stats and you had two guys under a one ERA. Uh, but pitching, usually in the postseason, what makes runs, and you've been at Richmond, you've made really deep runs, you've had teams bow out early. This year you lost in the regional finals that Saturday it's baseball's the one game elimination, but what makes the difference between losing in the regional or getting a chance to play for a state title? It's my experience after 30 years of watching it, being a part of it. You got to have swing and miss guys. Like that's the bottom line. Cause in high school baseball, you love your kids. you you can't swing. You can't win it by swinging the bats. Bats will come and go. And in high school baseball infield, you know, like fielding will come and go like this year in our regional final game, we had the worst defending day of our career, of our season uh, in that game. And without having swing and miss pitchers, it's difficult to make a deep run. Like last year when we were in the finals, uh, the semis, 
uh, we our bats we got beat we got beat we didn't hit like we normally do we and same thing happened this year like you just have to be able to bunt you have to be able to have swing and miss guys if you're going to go deep into playoffs in 13 and 14 we had dudes that had some high swing and rate swing and miss ratios we had dudes that were all 85 to 88 miles an hour just chucking gas at you and you know when you needed those strikeouts you got those strikeouts and and that's kind of how it goes in my opinion, when you look at everybody's run, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. usually had pitchers that carry them through into those deep runs. Um, just a, an offensive note, because you said you're scoring them in bunches. Do, do you realize you had 13 games this year where you got to at least 11 runs? Yeah, like hitting's contagious. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that. Oh, and how many of those games were in like three or four innings? Too? Yeah, well, that that that's that's the other thing. I keep looking here: uh, six innings, five innings, five innings, five innings, three innings, five innings, five innings, three innings, five innings. <laughs> well, when you when you you know when you have good hitting teams, they feed off each other. When when dudes rocket balls, everybody feels good. When everyone starts. Like this group was special. They had a plan, and they would get together and talk on deck in the in the dugout. Like they they all want they all pushed themselves and wanted to be the guy. They all wanted to drive baseballs, and you know, uh, anytime you have that, that feeds off. I mean, it, it it's they feed off each other. So like, and then pitchers when you don't when you can't breathe or when you're always three two, you're always deep in counts. Mm-hmm. Like hot, like they talking about the Tigers all the time. They talk it on college baseball all the time. Like when pitchers have to play, have to have high intensity pitches, three two, dudes always on second base, dudes always on that wears pitchers out. And sooner or later they make a mistake and they leave it over the plate. And then this year we were able to, we were able to smash some baseballs. Well, like this year the weather sucked especially <laughs> early in the season. And usually it takes hitting a little bit to get going when the weather's that bad. Yeah, your first seven games, you, you scored 14, 11, 16, 11, and 13 in five of those games. The two games you didn't, you won eight to nothing and four to nothing. Well, the weather was – we didn't have as much slugging, but we barreled balls up and we had good at quality of bats. So, like, a lot of that coming out of the gym – you know, you just don't know what you're getting as far as your, your your roster. And I just think that we did a nice job of prepping our kids coming out to be ready to go live. In And as you know, in Richmond, if the frost is out, our field is playable. A lot of people couldn't play. We didn't have one rain out this year, no matter what. We played on our field. So we're, we have, we were a benefit of, of, having, of not playing a game, then waiting a week, playing a game, then waiting a week because everybody's fields were terrible. Ours were always playable. So that's kind of helped out the hitting cadence and us being able to get get on pitchers a little better. Well, one thing we always talk about is how much of a sprint the high school baseball season is. It's essentially seven weeks before districts, and if you want to get crazy like you do sometimes and play games in late March, you can get eight or nine in. But with those hot streaks, if you have a hot streak that lasts two, three weeks, that's a third of your season. And when it's contagious, it has to feel like you're just having an amazing year when – it's really when you break it down is only 10 15 days yeah, it goes fast in each of the last few last two years my kids have talked about wishing that the season couldn't end like the kids would say we should start our own summer team coach we love what we do like we love our our brotherhood we love our our atmosphere and our dugout and how positive we are with each other like when kids say that they want to get a summer team together 
I can't coach them legally, but when they say that they like they text me the first weekend of summer ball, say, "Man, coach, it's not the same as when it was with us." Man, I wish that we could go back and play some more games. That, that's as a coach, you want nothing more than to to make sure you're having a positive influence and kids still want to play for you. So yeah, it it when you get on a roll like uh, in 13 and 14, I think we won 34 games in a row after we lost the spring tournament. Like we've had some good runs when we put it together and and we roll. Um, and that, uh, hitting's contagious, winning's contagious, losing's contagious. As a coach, you gotta you gotta find a way to navigate it all mentally. Something that I think might be a little fun because um, uh, you've been doing this for a little while. You're you're familiar with your surroundings. Uh, who are the guys in the BWAC that you wish you could get your hands on right now or past? Either. Like uh, Joey Johnson is by far one of my favorite players I've ever had to coach against, watch him play. Like he is, uh, he could do it all. Like he was just, you know, we, we were talking earlier about um, the guy from St. Clair and MLB. Cronor. Um, Cronor. We talked about our game against him. Like he mm. was, he was just a guy that had it, but like he didn't have the personality of Joey. Joey was just the greatest kid to compete against. I saw him all four years. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just can't say enough good things about him um, as a player. Like he's just a great kid, and uh, I would. It's like if you had to draft somebody to start your 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 team, like yeah. he'd be a, he'd yeah. be a foundational piece that you put him in the middle of your lineup. He was a leader. He talked to us. Like I remember being at third base, listening to him coach his players up, and uh, he was just a phenomenal player. But like there's been a there's been a lot of kids that uh, that we've had in the BWAC, especially lately, that have been pretty good pitchers. Um, being 53, I'm a little bit older, so I don't remember everybody's names. But, like, uh, uh, I love the kid from Elmont that we just talked Hunsucker, about. Hunsucker. Hunsucker. You said like, you had a good talk I, with him. I had a good talk with him. Like, he, he, we hit him hard his junior year, but we didn't hit him that hard his senior year. But, like, he's a kid that had, had good live stuff. Um, he, had, he had great stuff on the mound, great mound presence, understands how to pitch. Um, you know, the kid at – Elgonac. Kasner, yeah. Kasner's electric he, right now. I guess now. He's, he's all right. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> he's okay. I mean, he's just a swing and miss guy. I think he struck out like 115 batters. Yeah. And, and it, in a high school season, that's stupid. He, he's he's electric. Like, like he's another guy. Like, uh, seen Powers that went to Michigan. I've seen a couple dudes from St. Clair that went on to be Division One. Like, he has that kind of explosive slider fastball action that you just don't see in high school baseball. Like, now he's just going to put some unbelievable numbers up next year. And he's a sophomore. And he's, yeah, he's only a sophomore. Like, he's electric. Like it's yeah. crazy when you have dudes like that can, you you, you see guys throw hard, right? Like that that'll happen, but guys with movement and can pitch, like yeah. he's, and he's got all he's got pitches to support what he does. Like he's got he's got like elite stuff. Um, he has got it's crazy. And then you know you had the Cam Hart from Armada a few years ago. He went mm-hmm. to he went to uh, Lansing Community College. Then he went to Michigan. I'm not sure where he's at. He was pretty good. And then Hoover's son was a second baseman, middle infielder. He went to Hillsdale. Now he's drafted. I think he's in the Rangers organization, Division Double uh, uh, A. I think where he's at. Like we've we've had some pretty good run of talent in our in our in the BWAC. Uh, it it does feel like in the area there's it's kind of like a golden age right now of just unbelievable talents. I mean, obviously your team has a 
we've already talked about all of them, but I mean, when you play St. Clair, they had theirs, and then you just mentioned all the kids in the BWAC. Right, because like St. Clair's, they've said how many kids in Division One? They've got they've right. Got, they've got a bunch of kids that they've gone on, and some kids have went to the MLB. You know, Marysville has got this kid throwing uh, Veggie's kid is yeah. throwing like ninety now, so like he's going to be a a highly touted kid. Uh, you know, the area has some great pitching, and you can attribute that to a lot of what Kyle Shepard's doing. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shepard runs the ECM program around here, uh, is doing some great coaching, makes it a lot harder for us high school coaches <laughs> to have to coach against <laughs> these kids that are getting some elite-level coaching now. Well, it feels like every team we go to, there's a minimum three kids that are going, all right, he's going there, he's going there, and he's going there. Like you talked about Marysville. They struggled this year. They're going to end up with have like four college baseball players on this team. Right. They they are they're te- right exactly and that's because of all the work that uh, that Kyle Shepard's putting in mm-hmm. like ECM like most of the, uh, most of our area guys like in the All Star game you saw it right are are ECM guys and he's putting a ton of time in to for player development and you're really seeing starting to see the growth factor I think in our area people are starting to figure it out but I still think outside the area people look at the Blue Water Area Conference and they think Podunk. They think all these little communities, and they don't really respect it that much. They don't. They don't get it that there's a lot of good baseball players. Seeing the BWAC, you guys know this because you covered us for the last few years. The BWAC has been a good. Our teams travel well. We go to these districts, and we all win districts. Districts like we go to when we were separated into different districts, we would win it. I still think there's still some of that. I think a lot of those Mac schools think. These guys don't play anybody. They ain't got nobody on their rosters. They, they're not playing as anybody, and they don't really know the district. You know, I I think that it just I think it's naive for anyone just to take anyone for 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 granted anymore in baseball because anybody can get beat at any given time. And there are so many kids. Like you look at Marlette, how many kids from Marlette are going Division Two right. this year? They I got think, two or three kids going Division Two. Brown City's got a kid going Division Two. Yeah, right? I was going to say Saginaw Valley. I think has figured it out. Right between Hunsecker, Perks from. Um, Brown City, Marshall from Marlette, and I want to say there's one or two others. There They're is. all going there from this area to Saginaw Valley, and it's like, thank you. <laughs> At least one school has figured it out, and they're going to reap the benefits. Absolutely. and so It's nice that they were starting. Like The whole key now is this PBR and having to go to all these showcases. Colleges really don't attend many of the games. you got to go get seen. you got to go to their PBR event so they, that they can be seen. But I think, you know, through Shep, Shep's doing a nice job. I think uh, Mike Rice is doing a nice job at Prospects. Mm. Like, they, they are doing a nice job of getting uh, – That's the re- other one. Tom Rice is going there, too. Uh, yeah. and, uh, they're doing a nice job of getting not Division One schools, but all of us, Division Two, Division Three, Division Four. Are, are there, we're finally getting some recognition from our kids that, that we can go play. Um, you know, that's just it's, – it's just, I, again, Summer League, uh, Kyle and, and uh, Rice and some guys are doing a nice job – and parents doing a nice job giving themselves uh, to uh, go do a lot of traveling to get their kids in good positions to play in yeah. college. Oh, don't, don't ever worry about being yeah. cut off. Right. You can talk all day <laughs> yes. long. I'll never stop you. <laughs> no, that, that's the beauty. We don't, have, we don't have a clock to worry about. We have shows that we, we ramble on for way too long. <laughs> yeah, most of them. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to people. Uh, I will take a break here, and then uh, we'll, we'll go on until you've had enough of us. All right.
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. 
Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, uh, Scott Evans is joining us uh, today. Richmond Baseball, and uh, we're just talking a lot of baseball. We get into the third segment, and this is kind of where we go all over the uh, the map usually. Yeah, Um well, I guess I'll get it started. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about um, with a lot of talented kids, and we talked about this with uh, St. Clair's Nick Black last week. You, some people might say, "Oh, they're going to a community college; they're, they weren't that good, or whatever." They have a stigma against the JUCO route. One, you know as well as I do, JUCO baseball can be ridiculously good and two how much do you think has covid affected the recruiting of some of these kids with less scholarships to give away kids taking extra years and things like that well they're still backed up for at least another two years is what i've been told by the college mm-hmm. coaches and they're really at the they're at the whim of those kids whether they want to stay for their sixth or seventh year yeah, and that's not an easy so they choice don't to make. they don't know until late how many kids if they're going to have openings they're not going to have openings. As far as the junior college right the girls you know, I don't know if you guys know this but I went to junior college. Mm-hmm. I went to Macomb and then I transferred to Eastern after my after after Macomb. Like it's a viable option. Like everyone, like the Division three is just a diff, tough call for families because if kids love the game it just costs so much unless you're a really smart student or your your parents don't make a lot of money where you get up get a lot of financial aid there's just it's forty or fifty thousand dollars a year and a lot of kids just don't want to pay division three prices I mean who who wants to walk out of the college with two hundred thousand dollars in debt right. most kids don't want to there's just not enough scholarship money at that level not enough endowments Pell grants or whatever to make it affordable for kids. Um, you know, if you love the game, there's places for everyone to go. Like I tell all my kids, if they at Richmond, f- since I've been there since 2012, almost 40 percent of our, of the kids that finish playing baseball, that, that's correct. The national average is five percent. Almost 40 percent of our baseball players either go play college baseball or football. So when you when you hear the national average is between five and six percent of kids going to play college uh, sports, and at Richmond baseball, it's almost 40 percent. Kids that finish playing baseball either go play football or baseball. That's a high number. And I think that's because, we number one, we have some parents that really are interested in, 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 in pushing their kids, and we have some kids that love the game and continue on to go play it. Um, I just think that parents need to get the idea of a Division One scholarship out of their head. There's just there's just there's one in, our, in the Blue Water area. If you're lucky, there's one a year. 
If there, if you're lucky, there's one a year, and it, that's it's, a good stretch, right? And and it, you 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 had to be the kid that matured early, that was doing some big Georgia stuff when you're 13 and 14 years old that you get seen down south. Uh, you know, we just don't have a lot. You know, when you're talking percentages and and where people are recruiting, like it's just not like it used to be. So like I've been coaching at Richmond now since 12. What we've had, this, uh, Hudson's our second Division One athlete, I think. I think Evan was our number fir- our first. Yep. He went to Central, and then Hudson was our number two. So like it's, you know, parents need to understand that JUCO is is a very, like I tell all our kids that want to go away, if you go to JUCO. You got to treat it like high school. It's about how much time are you going to invest? How much? It's really about putting the time in to get better. Like that's just how it is. And and parents and 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 parents, a lot of parents that aren't athletes think that there's a there's some scheme or there's some miracle potion or it's just got to happen at the right time. There's just not a lot of scholarships out there. That's just how it is. There's only eleven. The good news is we have understood. I was talking to our someone of our executive committee. Major League Baseball is noticing that uh, there's not a lot of kids playing baseball, and so they're thinking about starting to pump some money into colleges, some of their money, to try to rev up more scholarships to get more kids going to college to play baseball. And that it couldn't come at a better time for us, because right now you're competing with all those COVID kids that are seven or eight years in front of you. It's it's a it's it's a it's a big task that that they're dealing with. How much has the transfer portal also hurt? Because you talk about them having to wait with the COVID kids. You also have to wait. If I'm Saginaw Valley, for example, and I think I'm going to get a transfer from Michigan State, you have to pick between that or a kid from Richmond. So I just was talking to somebody about this, actually. Uh, There's a lot of stats out there for baseball that kids that enter the portal are not being signed. So you're running that risk. Because it's a stigma. If you're running from a program or you're leaving it from a program, unless you're elite, unless whatever, something you got a big growth spurt or, or something happened and you became elite at your position, like there's a lot of kids that are entering the portal and losing their scholarship and they're out. Like people aren't getting them. So it's a fine line what you're doing. Like, like I'm not sure about the portal. I, I mean, I understand it, but from what I understand, you know, as a coach. Like, I'd have a trouble taking kids from portals. I'd, I want my kids. I want my kids to be around me. I want my kids to believe in me. And, you know, uh, if you didn't want to be here, then I wouldn't lose with whoever I come. I mean, if you're talking nationally, Clemson, right. Michigan, and all those guys, I kind of get it. I mean, maybe they, they can go those those fraction of one percenters or MLB guys. But, man, it's it, I, I don't think you could survive on. I don't think you could survive on that, especially in baseball. Uh, yeah, I'd be a little leery about trusting a kid that was leaving one place like what's what's to stop him from leaving me like what's Absolutely. the problem here why did he want to go in the first place like my son's at Saginaw Valley uh and he was at the Michigan uh, he was recruited by Michigan they offered him a, a walk-on scholarship and he says well, listen you could go somewhere else and then you could transfer out if you have a good season or do you become an elite and uh, I'm like listen I don't know if you, well, that's a good idea like as a coach I'm a long-term coach I wouldn't know how it would take the portal about kids leaving. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, I guess it's above my pay grade, but in high school, I wouldn't like that. It, yeah, it's just something that whether we like it or not, it's, it's here. here. Right. Yeah, and, and that's, so there are some programs that basically build themselves exclusively on the portal and that they, it's very rare to get a four-year kid for, in some programs. 
Right. Usually they bounce after their fifth year or after sometimes they leave because they got a new guy coming in that's better than them that's replacing them. They don't want to compete. But to be honest with you, I don't really pay that much attention to it. I got too much things going on at the <laughs> high school level for me to worry about that other, other than worry about my kids when they go to college and make sure I keep talking to them. Behind uh, every successful coach is a good staff. So l- let's give some props to the guys that have been working with you. So, like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate at Richmond. Um, you know, if when Ed, Ed was the head coach, Ed Delore was our coach at Richmond when I was coaching at Clintondale for the first 15 years of my career or something like that. Like, if Ed hadn't resigned and gone to St. Clair, if Ed had stayed the head coach at Richmond the entire time and he didn't go home to try to coach his kids and coach in his hometown, you know, Ed would probably be the most winningest coach in the Blue Water area. You know, currently Dave Houck is the most winningest coach, has the most wins. Everyone loves Dave Houck. He's a, just a class act. But, like, Ed would – coming back to our staff, man, it's been a – he's extended my career. He, he just gives, gives great perspective. I think that we are a great team together. I just think that we're – it just – you know, things happen for a reason. I don't know why they happened. But I, 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 Richmond kids have benefited from him coming home and coming back to, to, to Blue Devil Country because, uh, you know, in the classroom, the kids love him. Um, you talk to any Richmond graduate that played for him, they have nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, he's just a class act. He, he's a great role model. He's a good friend. And uh, I have nothing but the highest respect for him. Then um, I'm surrounded by, like, Kyle Simmons, uh, Graduated from Luther North, but he came back and volunteers his time. Played at OU as an outfielder. At Ben Jones, uh, he's not a Richmond guy. Moved into town uh, with his kids a long time ago, but played baseball at Wayne State. He's helping us coach. Um, Rick Radzinski, who has been with me since I've been at Clintondale, he's uh, he's like my big brother. Um, sadly, he is battling cancer right now. He's having a terrible go of it. He's still fighting hard. Uh, he wasn't with us. This is the first year we didn't have him on our staff, but like every game, I would take his jersey in my bag in every game. Like he's, uh, he's always in my heart. He's always in my, on our thoughts. Kids would text him stuff. He's a class act. Like he's a great player. He's in the, uh, just a, Ham Tramick has a Polish Baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. He's in the Polish Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Rick, got to love him. You know, anybody who meets him is, knows that he's just a, a great guy. I got Chuck Scheuer, who's come back to try to help us with the catching. I got Jim Tavano doing JV, Ken Karam. Like, we, we've been fortunate. Some of our grads have come back. Dylan McInerney came back and uh, started coaching a little bit last year in the wintertime, and then he got married, so he's dealing with married stuff. He's a newlywed, <laughs> so he's got other responsibilities. But the kids are fortunate to be surrounded by uh, a bunch of guys who have played the game at the collegiate level, who have high expectations, who are great communicators, and who know how to teach the game. And I think we're successful as a staff because everybody has their niche and we're able to feed off each other. Like uh, um, you guys have been to our games, so you kind of know that I'm kind of a, I'm kind of the general. I'm kind of straight laced. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, here's what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Uh, we have Kyle who runs the outfield. I don't have to worry about coaching them. We got Ed and Chuck calling pitches. Um, you know, when, when Rick was there, he's the mechanics guy. He would help with the pitching mechanics. He would get guys loose. And Ben was our hitting guy. Ben uh, would get our guys ready to go uh, with our pitch at bats. We'll talk about pitch, pitcher tendencies and stuff like that. Like, we're a fortunate – I'm a very fortunate coach because, as you guys know, when you get sta- – nobody that's helping you or if you get people that don't know what they're doing, um, it, it, it really – 
puts you back when you have to coach everything. And when you're calling pitches, trying to run the game, get the run game, figure out who's coming up, arm talent. Where, you know, it's just a lot to handle. And at Richmond, uh, I've been blessed with some great people that have, have volunteered their time and uh, have really stepped forward and given us uh, uh, some some valuable tools for our kids and our community. Well, how much does it help the kids that they get a coach for every two or three of them, that they get more individual one-on-one time? How much does that help their development and in increasing their knowledge of the game? So that's, that's the part where I think where we hit home. I mean, I think that's the part where you need. Like, many people don't want to add people in to help coach. Like, I'm, I'm all about, like, being a little bit older of a coach, I don't I, – I don't – it's not. It's never about Scott Evans. It's about the program. It's about the school. It's about the kid development. So I will bring in coaches. I will bring in community members to help us run stations. If you played some college baseball, if you have something to offer our kids, like I want you to come give a lesson or talk to my kids about teaching it. And like right now, Devin Nettles has been coming back and working with our infielders. Like I'm 53. <laughs> it is tough for me to get in fielding form. Like <laughs> when, I, when I have to demonstrate how to get how how to get down to a ball to to get left of midline to, to get your your heel up. Can I still do it? But I, I probably can, but it's it certainly doesn't look good as, as when Devin Nettles comes and demonstrates it. You know, when uh, Kyle's talking about positioning, reading, hitting zones. I mean, you know what it's all about. It's all about reps. It's all about, you know, games are won and lost at practice. They're not – everyone thinks it's about the games. It's not about the games. It's about practice. Making sure practice counts, making sure that it has moments where kids can grow and fail and be able to overcome those things in practice. And when you have lots of coaches and you have lots of perspectives and dudes that have competed at a high level, then it's just not coach getting tough on you. It's Coach Jones. It's Coach Simmons. It's it's these guys that have done it before that there's 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 no safe harbors. You know, we don't have the get back. Like, everyone's asking for your best. And if right. you're not giving your best, then you're going to be asked – Then. You, you know, you need to, then that's when Job comes in, the general right. comes in and says, hey, that's not going on in practice here. Right. Take that stuff out of here. We're getting work done today. Well, yeah. with bringing the players back, sometimes coaches can say the same thing over and over, but when they see someone who's actively there and someone they, they know personally, it hits, it, sometimes it hits a different chord when they, it comes from a current player. Absolutely. And, and like when they come back and say, like, everything he's telling you is true. Right. Like as a father, you tell your kids over and over, you know, hey, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be. And then when they go out in life, they come back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, everything you told me is true, Dad. Well, it's kind of nice when the kids come back and just – and they appreciate, like, like I think we run a great program. I think that we run an elite program myself. Like I think we have high expectations and high demands, and the kids really set and follow those. And I think that when our kids come back and they say our program – some of our kids have gone away to college and say, Coach – we do way more than our colleges. We 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 are we are high level stuff right here. I think that's a tribute to all the coaches that come through and and give their very best. Like they're coming from their jobs, but they still hitting fly balls, doing all the little things to help us as a program and as a community be successful. I think that's kind of how where we're at. And I just love I love where we're at with with our group, with our coaching staff and with our development. Um, and in small towns, you know how that works. Development is key to who's coming in your doors. You know, like trying to maintain excellence, you know, in small towns, you don't know what class, one from one class to the other, what you're going to get. And, you know, we've been fortunate since 2012 to, be, to maintain a high level of success. At one point in time, I think in our first five years, we were 130 and 12. 
we're not we're not still that good, but like we've just had a good run of talent, and every small school goes through a time when you're great. There, and then you run through some times when the talent's just not as great. And you know, when you look at the towns of St. Clair or Richmond or Marysville or Marine City, you know, those kids are only as good as those parents that push them. Like every group, great group that comes through has had some dad that's taken that group either through basketball or through taffle football or through Little League baseball and has really invested a ton of time to try to get them successful. And we as coaches are rewarded by all of their effort they put in at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 you when cross I still I like the example of the cross X pride when they made their run a couple years ago they did really good in the summertime they had Mr. Johnston was really big into doing some stuff with them like those kids played together the whole time that dad invested a ton of time for them to be successful last year on the baseball field and I think every good group like we had Gary Boyd ran through with his group like that that group of kids that was the 13 and 14 group mm-hmm. that was the group that every and I'm sure every town has a group of parents that leads their class as they are developing uh, how do we keep this sport fun? Like, and, and like, I'll use practice as an example. Of all the practices, baseball practice has got to be the, the toughest because it's boring. Baseball practice is boring. How do you keep it so that kids can stay focused on it, stay entertained, uh, and, and, and enjoy it, and get themselves better? See, I think the biggest thing with baseball is that it has to be an increments when you go to most college practices, when you go to college football practices, no one's doing one drill for 25 minutes. Right. Uh, when you, if we, it, like I run a baseball school, if you come to our camps, every kid goes home and tells their parents they're having a ball at camp and learning a ton of stuff because every 12 to 15 minutes we're working on a new skill. So like if, if I came to your practice or you asked me to come help you, the first thing I would say is you have to understand their kids and it has to be fun. But the key is to keep small groups and keep them moving. If you come to a Richmond High School baseball practice, you will very rarely see us standing around and taking batting practice. You'll be very rarely see seven guys not – like I'm a big person on small groups, 12 minutes, keep things moving. Let's work on this. And you got to have a plan. Like the fun thing – coach is the thing that really bothers me because in the 80s Richmond didn't win much in football it was fun no one we were having fun but we were getting destroyed by Marysville we were getting destroyed by every football team it's fun when you win sometimes work is you have to make work fun that's what that's the key with baseball you have to make work fun you got to be able to laugh with the kids you got to be able to push the kids you know as my kids graduate I hope they remember all the times in January and February during speed and agility and strength and conditioning all the fun things that we try to add like those are the moments that are fun like but like when you're trying to win at the high school level you're not laughing and joking in the district final you're not you're not getting in the box smiling every when you grab the bat you're not laughing and joking you're mentally ha- I mean baseball is a sport where you have to mimic what you do in a game in practice so you have to understand it's a different level of fun it's a different level of thing there has to be a mental approach to it so I hear one of the knocks is that they say well baseball's not fun well okay well we could go back to the 80s where we're average and then see how fun we are when we haven't won a football haven't won a title game in, 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 in forever like 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 John Coker used to, we, we used to talk about the, the, the different levels of coaching. About he ran practice the way I ran practice. And, and, and he, we would laugh about like how parents need to understand like practice has to be demanding. Like it has to be. Like Nick Saban talks all the time. It, it is fun. It's fun to win. It's fun to go compete. It's a different level of fun. But I think sometimes these new parents think fun is we should be laughing and joking. Well, 
Are you laughing and joking when you strike out? Are you laughing and joking in a 3-2 pitch? Like, no, those are. this is a game of concentration. This is a game of failure, and you've got to be able to manage that. And I know I'm probably going all over the place, hmm. but when you said fun, I've, that's been one of the critiques is saying, yeah, well, right. some kids aren't playing baseball because it's not fun. Well, it's a tough game. Like, every sport is tough. Like, you want to have fun. When you're winning, you're having fun. But when you're getting drubbed 20 to nothing or when you're getting, you know, Marysville's got 35 points on you in the old days mm -hmm. and it's the first quarter and they're running reverses, is that fun? No, kids stop playing. Like, and then and you, then you got to ask yourself, okay, well, practice has got to be different. We can't just have fun, roll the balls out, do BP. It all has to be structured. It has to be uh, has to have goals. Like, if you look at our practice plan, it's pretty in depth. Like, we, every guy's got their thing, whether we're doing pitch counts, whether we're doing hitting situations, bunting situations, fielding situations, and everything has to be at game speed. Half the practice at game speed. And I just think the big thing about fun is, man, is trying to make it fun. Be, be go as fast as you can, get the heart rates up, be focused, and realize that sometimes fun is at the end when you're winning. I was going to say, you had a lot of fun on June 4th, didn't you? Right. Exactly. Like, you, you just have to, you have to understand that sport, high school sports is a grind. It's a real grind. And, you know, you, you look at Marine City football, you, we were talking about them earlier, like they are just a perennial powerhouse. Because it's a grind. They understand the process of what it takes to win. Oh, go watch a Marine City practice. Right. It's a lot of things you said, small groups, structured. There's not a lot of standing around. Right. That's the key. And But, and no, you know, they're doing drill work. and No one's laughing and joking. It's drill work. They're having fun, but they're doing their drills. And, like, I kind of mimic my same – like, I've known Marine City guys, Ronnie and Tony and, and Bob, my whole life. That I kind of cut my teeth. They really helped me in football back in the day when I first started coaching. And, like, they were the ones you kind of structure your stuff from. And baseball, I kind of take the same approach. Like, you got to be grinding, you got to be working, and you got to give them, you know, specific goals. And the new age for me is, like, getting kids to write, getting their feedback, getting them – because they won't talk to you. But if you give them something to write about practice, what they love, mm. things they love about practice, things they hate about practice. I give an anonymous survey to – in the middle of the season, at the end of the season, that I want their feedback. What do you like about practice and what you don't like? And it's amazing what they say is that they they want more. The kids, it's it's way more fun when we're doing a bunch of stuff versus, in our day when we played. Hey, mm. Billy's batting. The rest of us are out here shagging. Yeah, that, that 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 was kind of my thing. Was like when you're just standing around, that just doesn't work. It doesn't, and that's the that's why we're losing kids. Like, and I and I know that dads that are running summer programs or are don't, don't get paid and parents complain all the time but you just have to find a way to break up your practices to keep kids interested in our game otherwise we're going to lose them like and, and that's just that's the, the what really i try to devote a lot of time with if anybody will ask me like hey how do you run your practices i just got a text from a coach today i could use some help looking at my practice plans well absolutely like how can i help you know that's the key is get it fun i mean we our camp goes from nine to one and every kid leaves happy as can be because they and they're running home and telling you that we nothing was boring ever, and that's we had a hundred kids there running around there doing drills. Nobody was screwing around. It was fun stuff. Fly balls, ground ball technique, turning double plays, tagging up. And the game is so minute. It's so you can break your stuff down to pieces. There's so much to teach, and like there's a coaching checklist I have. Like uh, Ron Polk put it together at first. He's got a book out on baseball, and it's a big checklist. And you, put, you put the date and times you do your drills. And so I've, over the years, I just continue to add to it. And, like, every year I ask all my coaches to fill this out. It's like, when, what, are, what haven't we covered? And that's kind of how you keep it interesting. That's how you keep it fun so it's not so mundane.
with just BP. I know kids always want to take BP, but I'm not a big BP person. I know it's hard to believe that, but I'm not a big BP person. Oh, I, I, I mean, they're, it's great when you're the kid hitting, right. but when you're one of the kids standing out in the field waiting to go through 10, 12, 15 guys before it's your right. turn to hit, or you it's hit, terrible. Or you hit first. Yeah, and then you're, and then the rest of their practice is like, you know, I'm going to be out here kicking dandelions. Right. So uh, that, that that's one of the the things, and and the, the idea of keeping things moving, and you have to w- with kids today, and they're just so easily distracted. Absolutely. Like Scott comes and helps. Uh, Thaler's coming with. You're telling me he's coming back. Yep. In. Scott comes and helps with our camps now. So like I love getting new, trying to learn new stuff from him. We kind of coach a little bit in the summertime together with our sons. So, like, he's come to our camps. He knows it. it's the bottom line is you got to keep moving because he's a football coach too. He's a football baseball guy. You got anything else, Dennis? No. As long as, as, long as uh, Coach doesn't have any final thoughts. No, I just – You want to get a jab in at my brother? No, no, no. <laughs> I just like to say, you know, being in the community and being growing up in the Blue Water area, I attribute a lot of my love of the game to guys like uh, – they used to guy the coach at Port Huron North, was, his name was Colonel Clink. Yep. He used to have a director's cherry sat on that says his name was the Colonel, <laughs> you know. And I and I and I remember Dick Hilliker at uh, oh Coach at, Hill, at, yeah, at, at, at uh, Port Huron High. Uh, I just saw him uh, down at Comerica Park. He was an assistant yes. coach down there. So those are two Hall of Famers. So we have those two Hall of Famers. Then we have the Hall of Famer, uh, as we talked about earlier, is uh, Coach Hauk from Marysville. Just a class guy, football, baseball guy. Love him to death. Still talk to him. And uh, then we have Rich Malowitz, another Hall of Fame coach uh, from St. Clair that retired a few years ago. Like the, Our community has been blessed with – and Wayne Eldred at Richmond, he's also in the Hall of Fame. So our community at a time had five Hall of Fame coaches at, this, at, at coaching at the same time back in the day, back in the 70s and the – probably in the 70s. I'm trying to date myself. But <laughs> our, our community has been blessed with a lot of great baseball coaches that have taught a lot of great games and just – Blessed to be a part of the area, and to call Richmond my home, and uh, to support all the kids in the in the surrounding areas. But it's it's a it's still a, a great place for baseball. Uh, the, all the little league districts are going on right now. Uh, every community is all excited about it. So yeah, it's a shout out to all the Hall of Fame coaches out there. If you're listening, I don't know if the old timers will be <laughs> listening, but God love I love as a player I played against all of them as a and then as a coach. I got the coach against Mal. I got the coach against um, Dave when I first started coaching at Clintondale. So uh, they were always uh, kind enough to give me words of encouragement and uh, able to offer suggestions and things I could do better. Uh, so just class people. All right, good stuff. Scott Evans, uh, welcome on this show anytime. So uh, invite yourself in. Uh, the more you talk, the less Brady and I talk, the better it is for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, we'll have some more uh, baseball talk, I think, uh, coming up later that, in the week as that's well. That's the plan. That is the plan. All right. Thanks again, Coach. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.